In its quest to provide an open forum for discussion of controversial issues, this station allows hosts and their guests to express themselves without any significant censorship. You are advised that any view expressed by the host or their guest are not necessarily the views of the owners or management of Toginet Radio, Togi Entertainment, or the Owners Group, Inc. What if, with the right mindset, anything is possible? Join us now and find out how. It's time for the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka. Join us as successful life coach Marla Tabaka is here to inspire you and her clients to explore, discover, and live your dreams by developing what she calls the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, Marla is here to inspire you to take action on your dreams and reveal secrets to success that will help you realize your own unique power with the Million Dollar Mindset. Today, she'll share heartwarming stories, teach you tips and tricks to building a successful business, plus how to unlock the secrets to creating a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on Toginet. And now, here's your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome to the Million Dollar Mindset, everybody. I'm Marla Tabaka, and I am just thrilled to be here. I was just chatting with our producer, Carrie, and saying, you know, it's kind of gloomy here today, and I'm just feeling a little low energy, but you know what? As soon as I hear this music, as soon as I know that I'm going to be speaking to all of you and a wonderful guest, I just get, you know, my energy just gets really pumped up. So I am especially glad to be here today. And we're on one of my very, very favorite topics today, and that is talking about starting up a business and female entrepreneurs. Um, As many of you know, I'm a business coach. I've been coaching female entrepreneurs for seven years now. It's just my very, very, very favorite demographic And uh, sorry, guys, nothing against you. It's just a thing, you know. (laughs) And we have with us a wonderful author today who's authored a book with a a really interesting name. And um, it's called Birthing the Elephant, the Women's Go-For-It Guide to Overcoming the Big Challenges of Launching a Business. So, yeah, there are some big challenges, and I can see where that would compare to birthing an elephant. (laughs) (laughs) So, our guest today um, has offered this book as a step-to-step process through the first 22 months of a small startup, and the smart moves to make and the pitfalls to avoid, and she's been a spokesperson for Avon's Corporation to Cottage Initiative and is a frequent guest on broadcast cable TV and radio as she is here today. Uh, she's been on ABC's Good Morning America, CNBC, and Smart Money TV, and, and many more media outlets. So I am thrilled and privileged to have with us Karen Abarbanel today. Welcome to the show, Karen. Oh, thank you. It's great to be here. Oh, it's always so much fun. I just love doing this, and I love meeting people like yourself who do such fabulous, fabulous things. So thank you for putting this guide out there, because goodness knows we can use it. Oh, thanks a lot. The timing for it couldn't be better, I'll tell you. Oh, I know, because mm-hmm. there are so many people starting businesses right now and uh, using this downturn in economy to really kind of pursue a dream, which is something that's just wonderful to witness, isn't it? Yes, actually, and it's so interesting because... Often a time like this, it's kind of counterintuitive, but this can be the best time to launch a business. You know, when there's sort of a business disruption, that's when sort of there are a lot of opportunities out there and people are 
trying to do new things and taking those dreams that they have that have been on the back burner and kind of dusting them off and saying, hey, maybe I can do this. And, you know, so it's really exciting time. It, it is an exciting time, and it's so much fun. And the other shift I've seen before, before we get on to your stuff, because it just seems appropriate mm-hmm. to throw this out here, is, you know, um, marketing and branding. I've seen so many businesses right now say, okay, downturn in economy. My business is not doing so well now. I've got to recreate myself and really seeing some su- success in doing that. Mm-hmm. And that's a huge, yeah, a huge area, actually, for small businesses. I think it's really the Achilles heel of small businesses, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and uh, I'm sure we'll talk about that, you know, as the program goes on, but it's just a big area, marketing, and, you know, there are ways to think about it and kind of reframe the way a lot of us think about it that I think can be very helpful when you're launching. Yeah, I definitely want to touch on that today because it is. It's just a, such a, as you said, an Achilles heel, and uh, so many people are intimidated by it. Mm-hmm. But Karen, this mm-hmm. show is about amazing people like yourself doing amazing things because they know how powerful the right mindset is and how mm-hmm. powerful that attitude is. So mm-hmm. the first thing I'd love to ask is, is what are the key beliefs that you believe an entrepreneur needs in order to succeed in life and business? That's a great question, and I just love the theme of your show because one of the, um, actually one of the potential titles for the book was calling, uh, for the book was going to be uh, Winning the Small Business Mindset. And we, yeah, which is kind of a fun title. I think actually Birthing the Elephant turned out to be a fabulous title, so I'm very happy we sort of settled on that one, but the um, mindset issue, I think, is a huge Mm -hmm. one. Um, And when I think about what makes Birthing the Elephant different from other books, I think it's that really other, um, there are a lot of small business guides out there certainly crowding the shelf, but most of them deal with sort of what um, I call the three M's, you know, money, marketing, and management all of which are huge issues when you're launching. But there's really a fourth M that a lot of people don't think about when they're launching, and but that's really critical, and that's motivation. That's sort of being able to survive the emotional, you know, kind of roller coaster of launching a business. And that's all about kind of shifting your mentality from kind of being an employee to being an entrepreneur. And as I'm sure you know, it's really a different mindset So the issue of mindset is huge, and I think one of the, if I was thinking about what is key to success, I think one of the first um, things I would say is really just recognizing that you're making a big transition. I mean, most of us don't go out and just launch a business, you know. Most of us have, you know, spent a career, certainly I did, in um, the corporate world or the nonprofit world where we were essentially an employee. We were working for someone else. We had an infrastructure. We had a power base. You know, we had a title, a place to go every day. You know, when you launch, um, it's a totally different ballgame. You know, suddenly, you know, you're chasing the FedEx truck and everything begins and ends with you and, you know, you're not just the Xeroxer, you're the marketer, right. you're the, you know, chief idea generator, you're, you know, you're doing everything. And it can really be a kind of an overwhelming shift. So I think one of the keys to success is just recognizing that there really is a kind of a transition that you need to make. And that's sort of what makes, I think, birthing the elephant different, because we really talk about the emotional aspects of reshaping your identity 
when you make the move from employee to entrepreneur. And there are a lot of issues around that. And, you know, when we were interviewing people, I just loved, you know, working on this book. We had the most fantastic interviews with women. And I would describe what we were talking about, you know, the emotional roller coasters. And, you know, instantly everybody was right there with me. And they couldn't wait to talk about it because they realize as entrepreneurs what a huge issue this is and that it's really under-discussed and under-explored. And that, you know, you can have the biggest bank account in the world, um, you know, the greatest idea in the world, but if you're sort of not emotionally able to cope with, you know, the setbacks that you're going to experience in launching, mm-hmm. you know, the biggest bank account in the world isn't going to help you when the going gets tough. And it's right. going to get tough. That's just the nature of, you know, being out there on your own. It's exciting, but it's also, you know, scary. Mm-hmm. It is scary. And, and that's one of the things that I love most about what you and I do is we make it okay for mm-hmm. people to talk about those fears exactly. and recognize that they're not alone. Yes, absolutely. That's such a, such a huge issue, you know, just to recognize, you know. And if you think about it, you know, so much of starting a business, we think about the economic aspects of it, you know, the getting the bank loan and setting up your website and, you know, the logistics. But there's such an emotional component to it all. It's how do you handle stress? You know, can you bounce back if you have a problem? What do you do when, you know, you lose your biggest client suddenly? You know, how do you handle those things emotionally? And uh, do you overspend when you get stressed? Do you underspend, you know, when you're worried about money? You know, all of these issues are key when you're launching a business. Um, so there's really a huge emotional kind of underside to launching. And I think just recognizing that, getting comfortable with it, realizing that, you know, there are stages you're going to go through, and we kind of map, we do map the stages in the book, sort of the four stages that you go through, say, in the first 22 months of launching, and kind of what the emotional issues are that you'll deal at each stage. You kind of have a roadmap, and it really helps a lot. And, of course, we have lots of stories from entrepreneurs because the book was really interview-based. We interviewed about 25 women uh, all across the country and then experts in different areas like Internet marketing and stress relief. Um, So we really, the book is very kind of reality-based. It's all about, you know, advice from people on the front lines. And it's just so helpful to understand, first of all, you're not alone. Second of all, it's perfectly natural if these issues are coming up. And third, you know, there are ways to deal with them that other people have found um, that have worked well for them, and there's no reason to reinvent the wheel. And, and just knowing all those things is very comforting, I think. Yeah, I agree, Karen. And we have about a little over a minute before we go into break, and mm-hmm. I just want to throw another quick question at you. Um, women, do, do in your opinion, do are women more willing to face these fear barriers and these emotions than a, a male entrepreneur maybe? Absolutely. I think so. And Mm -hmm. I think that's a huge advantage for them. They're willing Mm -hmm. to recognize that, you know, emotional issues could sort of sabotage their startup if they don't handle it. And they're willing to talk about them. Uh, Absolutely. I think that's so true. And they're very willing to share. I mean, that was the Mm -hmm. wonderful thing about talking to the wonderful women we interviewed. They talked about the best things they did and, you know, the smartest things and the dumbest things and the biggest (laughs) mistakes and 
you know, they were so open about, yeah. you know, just sharing yeah. what they had learned. Yeah, I really agree with that, and I'm glad to hear someone else say it out loud mm-hmm. because it's something <laughs> you have to be careful with. <laughs> but another thing I think that, you know, women, in my experience, tend to uh, be more willing to share resources and information as well with Absolutely. one another. I, I, you know, mm-hmm. that is so true. They're, they're supreme networkers. They're, they're willing to reach out and ask for help, which is one of the absolute smartest things you can do um, when you're launching. They know about creating a support system for success, which is a huge issue when you're launching. They have tremendous assets, I think, you know, just in the way we we think about things. Here we go into break. We'll see you back in a minute. Uh, Okay. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Girlfriend It is on Toginet. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central with your hosts Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. This show is your chance to share, learn, laugh, and connect with other women. The Girlfriend at Principal was born out of loss. Lisa had recently had her mother pass away from cancer, and my mom um, was murdered. A man just walking into a room and started a 23-second shooting spree. I think one of the things we both realized going through those tragedies is that you can be extremely okay and be extremely sad. Check out Girlfriended.com and then be a part of Girlfriended, the radio show, Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central. You know, your boyfriend or, or your husband or whatever, they don't totally understand that emotional side to a woman like another woman does. And I think that's so important just to have mm-hmm. somebody that you go, she gets me. Check out the website, girlfriended.com. Don't miss Girlfriended with Patty Wyatt and Lisa Jernigan. Thursdays at 10 a.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Central on toginet.com. What's your story? Are you living it? Well, you could be. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Her passion is helping others discover, create, and live their personal brands. Yep, you heard me. You have a brand. No different than Coke, Pepsi, or Nike. You are a walking, talking, living, breathing brand. You're not a logo. You're not a tagline. The choices you make become the path you take. This is your brand. Now, live your story. Your brand is not just what you say it is. It's also what others say it is. So what are you communicating? And how can you create an authentic brand? We'll take on these challenges with What's Your Story. Every week, Hillary will feature teens, moms, and organizations that are learning and living their story. Now, her passion is to help others discover, create, and live their personal brands. To find out more, go to inspiredbyfamily.com. It's What's Your Story with Hillary Bilbrey. Friday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Welcome back, and we're here with Karen Barbnell. And, you know, sometimes I believe as women in business, we may think that our emotions get in the way, but really our emotions are here to tell us something very, very important. And I believe we need to acknowledge them and recognize the message that, you know, if it's a negative 
uh, emotion that something's off kilter. It's sort Mm -hmm. of like, yeah, right? It's like holding your hand above the flame on the stove. You know, if you weren't getting burned, you wouldn't necessarily know to move it, right? (laughs) Absolutely. And, you know, a lot of the women entrepreneurs, and we talk to some really successful entrepreneurs. Um, We talk to women all across the country, including Bobby Brown, um, you know, the uh, cosmetics guru for birthing the elephant. And we spoke to Liz Lang, the, you know, maternity wear pioneer. And from those successful entrepreneurs to other women who are launching in a lot of fields over and over again, we heard, you know, the importance of intuition Mm -hmm. and listening to yourself, realizing that you are really the expert in your business. And um, I love, there was a wonderful story, um, you know, uh, Liz Lang told about that (laughs) when she, you know, she launched in a, you know, kind of very intuitive way and um, was, you know, building a very successful business and had a number of boutiques around the country. And at some point, you know, she decided she wanted to branch out and she was looking at going with Target, you know, and having sort of standalone boutiques in Target. And all of her business advisors, she said to a person, came to her and said, this is, you know, a huge mistake. You've got these upscale boutiques and you've got this image and this brand and you'll dilute your brand if you go down market to, you know. And she sort of took it all in and then she said, you know, everything in my gut told me that this was a good decision, that, you know, I wanted to make um, my product available to women who couldn't afford to go to these boutiques and the women who shopped in my boutique we're not going to care if, you know, I was selling something at Target. And so she ended up making that deal, and it ended up being one of the smartest moves that she made. And, you know, she talked about the importance of trusting her own intuition. She said, I knew my business best. I knew my customers the best. And, you know, I listened to what everybody said, and then she said, I listened to my own voice. And, you know, it's so important. Yeah, it's so inspiring to hear stories like that because, yeah. you know, in working with my clients, mm-hmm. I'll hear you can kind of tune in when they're using that left brain and not paying attention mm-hmm. to that right brain intuition, mm-hmm. you know. Mm-hmm. And and coaching is a great way to pull that out and to mm-hmm. give them the time mm-hmm. um, to listen to that. Yeah, that's a great story. So tell us, Karen, you know, birthing the elephant. Where did this come from, this title? I love it. <laughs> well, you know, it's really, it is a kind of a funny story. We were playing around. I mean, you know, we were playing around with a lot of titles, and a lot of them were more sedate, you know, than that one. And actually, it came from the publishers. They had a meeting about the book. People were really excited about it. And someone learned that the gestation period for an elephant giving birth was, you know, 22 months. And um, so we said, wow, that's kind of interesting, you know. And then we started thinking, well, you know, birthing the elephant, you know, launching a business is a lot like birthing an elephant. You know, it's a labor of love, but it's not easy. And if you make smart moves and avoid some of these pitfalls at the end of the 22 months, you know, you have a big, you know, healthy, bouncing business. (laughs) <laughs> so we decided to go with a title, and it was one of the best decisions we made. People love it. People get it immediately. They think uh-huh. it's fun. It's very memorable. So that was a good branding decision right there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I absolutely agree. I agree. So let's talk about that, the branding mm-hmm. decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, starting a business. 
what are some of the resources people can use to um, to brand their business and get these great ideas? And, you know, what are some of your thoughts on that? Well, I think there are, you know, I think there are so many ways you can go. It's sort of the, you know, the, the sky's the limit. I, I think of, here's an example of one story that I think is a lot of fun and also very inspiring. And it's about brand. There's a brand element to it, definitely. There was a woman uh, that we interviewed in the book named Ronnie Fliss. And she had been in financial services for uh, all of her career. Um, She was axed from her job at age 51. So she sort of faced a, you know, kind of a triple whammy. She was a woman. She was in upper management, you know, middle management. Um, she was over 50, and actually she had another thing going, problem going for her, which was she was in sort of the IT field, which was tanking at the time. So she spent, you know, she started looking for another job, and, you know, that was not going nowhere, kind of getting down about the whole thing. And one day she was having coffee with a friend of hers, and the guy looked over at her basset hound. She has a basset hound called Murray. And he said, you know, you you love your dogs. You know, you love to bake. Why don't you bake, you know, gourmet dog biscuits came out of the sky. You know, ideas sometimes drop from the sky also. And she said, you know, that's not a bad idea. She said, you know, I did love to bake. I was feeling kind of low. So she said, I went on the Internet, got a few recipes, and I started, you know, kind of baking these um, biscuits and making them. My dog was allergic, so they were wheat-free. They were organic. I didn't put any sugar. You know, I had a very definite mission when she started, she said. And she said, you know, I started bringing them around to people, and, you know, it started going somewhere. But she said, I made, I came up with the name Fat Murray's, you know, Fat Murray's Doggy Treats. (laughs) So her dog, her Basset Hound, became not only her brand, but her sales rep, she would take Fat Murray with her whenever she went on sales calls. And she said, you know, she described to me, she said, gosh, she said, I just remember thinking it was 2 o'clock in the afternoon. I was in my car on my way to a sales call. You know, I had the radio on. Fat Murray's in the, you know, sitting beside me. I'm thinking, life is great. I love what I'm doing. She said, I felt so independent. She said, after this, you know, she'd gone through a few few reorganizations, being axed, you know, it was terrible. She said, after all of this angst, she said, just to be out on my own was so incredibly liberating. Mm. And so there was an example of, you know, creating a business, creating a brand. Um, you know, you can build a brand around almost anything. Um, stroller strides, that was another story we talked about in the book. Uh, there was a woman who was a mom who launched, a, you know, a fitness regimen for new moms. And she came up with this idea because she was in fitness herself and um, had had just had a baby and really worked out a, a, just a really a workout routine for herself to get back in shape that involved her baby. And mm-hmm. she said, I really loved it and, you know, ended up telling friends about it. And then I put up flyers in my neighborhood and I got a few people. And she said the name just popped into my head, Stroller Strides. You know, because of, and that became her brand, and now she's huge. She's one of the fastest growing franchises in the country. She's done very well, been very successful. She's created lots of opportunities for other moms who wanted a flexible, you know, work situation, wanted some support that a mm-hmm. franchise gives you. And so you can make a brand, you can build a brand out of almost anything. It's just really having the ingenuity and again listening. You know, the Stroller Strides idea I love because it's the kind of idea 
that nine, 99 of us would have had and said, oh, what a good idea. I'll do like little workouts for, you know, moms and their new babies and they'll get in shape. And, and we would do nothing with it. You know, we just would let that idea languish. But she was the one who ran with it. And that was right. it. Right. And I love how this ties into our conversation before the break and about intuition and really mm-hmm. listening to that intuition. Exactly. Because the connection here is that these two people, these names just kind of fell into their minds and they listened. Right. Exactly. And they listened. And, you know, in the one case, you know, the idea, it was the light bulb idea for Lisa Druxman. She said, that's what it was. I got the idea. I got the name instantly, you know. For Ronnie Fliss, it was a very different situation. It was someone else who brought the idea to her. But she had the openness and the intuition to say, this might work for me and to pursue it. So yeah. I think that's one of the big issues, you know, that I, I, I love about um, the book because we had so many varied people that we spoke to in Birthing the Elephant. And some of them were, you know, some of them are intentional entrepreneurs. You know, they have an mm-hmm. idea, like Lisa Druxman, they went out and ran with it. But other people are what we called in the book emerging entrepreneurs or accidental entrepreneurs. That's what Liz Lang called herself. She said, I'm an accidental entrepreneur. She said, I didn't set out to be an entrepreneur. I just, you know, came up with an idea, and I couldn't get anyone else to buy into it, so I did it. You know, and so I think it's very important to remember that there are many different paths through the entrepreneurial gate, you know, and if you've been working, you know, for someone else for ages, but you have an idea, it doesn't, you know, it's never too late to launch that concept and build it into something if, you know, you have a strong drive. Mm -hmm. That's the big Mm -hmm. issue. Passion is huge, you know, when you're launching a business, you know. It's all about when they say in real estate it's location, location, location. In launching a business it's passion, passion, passion because you're going to over, you know, you're going to encounter a lot of obstacles and it's your passion that sees you through. And, um, you know, you're also going to spend tons of time launching the business, so you really have to love what you're doing because you're going to spend a lot of time getting it off the ground. And so, again, we have about a minute going into break. Um, Are there, do you believe that entrepreneurs are born with that passion and born with this creativity and intuition, or can you learn all of this? I think we're all born with it. I think we, it's there within us. I think some people uh-huh. are just natural entrepreneurs, and yeah. I have met them. Um, but there are people like Ronnie Fliss who just fell into entrepreneurship. She spent, you know, her entire business career, 30 years. She was over 50 when she launched her business, you know, as an employee. But she was open. You know, she was at a critical point in her career where she had to make a decision. Um, she didn't really want to work for another organization and be asked yet again the insecurity of that. She really wanted to have something that she could build and call her own. So I, I think entrepreneurs are, some entrepreneurs are born, but I think there are kind of entrepreneurs are also made or they invent themselves. Let's put it right. that way. Yeah, absolutely. And and so you've really pointed out some wonderful things about passion and motivation. And we're going to go into break now. And when we come back, I'd love to learn about the opposite side, about the funding. You know, you gave mm-hmm. two great examples here in this segment. I'd love to learn about what these women or other examples may have done about funding their, their mm-hmm. business. Sure. 
unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. It's time. Time for some R&R. Sure, rest and relaxation is good, but reinvention and re-energizing is even better. Time for some R&R with Rachel Wright. Happens Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Inside Network. You see, when life throws you a curveball such as divorce, the arrival of twins, a loss of a job, or you just seem to be stuck in a rut of your everyday routine, R&R offers you the escape you're seeking. Rachel will introduce you to friends who have been there and done that and chose to reinvent their lives. They will share stories on how they have successfully coped with mind-bending situations. And instead of being a victim of circumstances, they have decided to sit in the driver's seat and take control of the course their life will take. And most importantly, they're enjoying the ride. Check out Rachel's books and her website at themotheroftheinvention.com. Plus her page on Facebook, Time for Some R&R. It's time for reinvention and re-energizing. Time for Some R&R. With Rachel Wright, Tuesdays at noon, 11 a.m. Central. Part of the Her Insight Network on toginet.com. Let's chat it up with Bloom Talk with Barb Scala on Toginet. Thursday afternoons at 3 Eastern, 2 Central. And find out how women are growing, blossoming, and blooming in their friendships and careers, health, and so much more. It's Bloom Talk with Barb Scala. Check out our website, bloomwithbarb.com. Whether you want to transplant your life or just do a little pruning, Bloom Talk will inspire you to cultivate the lifestyle you want to live. Join lifestyle coach and co-author of Sanity Savers, Barb Scala, each week on Bloom Talk and sprout your dreams. Grow your life. I hear a lot from women. I want meaning in my life. I want a fulfilling life. I want to do something that's exciting. and I can control my life instead of my life controlling me. I can tell the world this is who I am and, and this is what I'm all about. Barb will introduce you to dynamic guests and real women who are redesigning, redesigning, building and reinventing their own lives and bloomstorm how you can dream create and grow the lifestyle you want to live it's bloom talk with barb scala thursday afternoons at three eastern two central on toginet.com welcome back to the million dollar mindset if you're ready for a big change in your work your career your happiness your life it all starts with attitude and marla is here to help it's the million dollar mindset part of the her inside network on toginet.com and now, back to your host, Marlon Tabaka. Well, we're here just learning so much with Karen Abarbanel, uh, author of Birthing the Elephant, the Women's Guide, the Women's Go For It Guide to Overcoming Big Challenges of Launching a Business. And we know there are many. And we're talking about, you know, those wonderful qualities that entrepreneurs have, that passion, drive, motivation, and all of that is key to success. And I believe that if you have all of that, the um, the things like the funding will come if you really have the faith and you believe. But we also need to put some action steps toward that. So Karen, what are some examples of action steps and, and achieving funding that's needed to grow a business like selling doggy biscuits what happens let me first say that you know one of the interesting things about doing the research in this book and you know talking to all these wonderful entrepreneurs for birthing the elephant was that one of the messages that came through loud and clear is that first of all everyone felt they were underfunded i mean you know if you're a woman launching a business in particular you're going to be underfunded generally you know, it's true, there's not as much venture capital, um, you know, getting credit from banks is still an issue, especially in this environment. But just about every entrepreneur that we spoke to, for them, money was not the, the huge barrier. I think a lot of people who are thinking about launching 
I think they almost use the money issue as kind of an excuse, you know, oh, if I only had enough, you know, then I could launch, you know, oh, if only the timing were right, you know, well, everything's never going to be perfect, and any entrepreneur will tell you, but most of the entrepreneurs will tell you the money is not the big barrier. If you want it enough, if you're passionate about it, then you will figure out a way to launch your business. So I think the first issue about money that I think people need to get clear is, yes, it's a huge issue. It's certainly important, but it's not sort of a deal breaker, you know, and a lot of people, I think, set it up as this huge barrier, and it sort of allows them to stay in their comfort zone and not get out there and make something happen. So I think that's important to kind of look at how you're thinking about it. If you have entrepreneurial longings, how you're kind of dealing with the whole issue of money. And then I think one of the keys, I mean, one of the things that we talk a lot about in the book um, in a variety of ways is the idea of sort of lean launching. You know, one way or another, there is a way to launch your business that um, allows you to be, you know, pretty comfortable financially, you know, whether it's sticking to a budget that you have or, um, you know, taking a loan from family, which is what some people did in order to launch the business and then paying it back. You know, there is a way to launch that um, where you can do it, where your comfort level is, you know, kind of adequate for you. But there are some particular strategies that you can use that definitely came through in the book that I want to talk about because I think they will be helpful. And I think the biggest one on the money front that we heard so much about, you know, it was so much fun to talk to people because they're so creative is the idea of substituting brains for bucks. I mean, when you're out there launching, you know, it's really creativity, not cash, kind of has to be your mantra. I mean, one way or another, there is a way to get what you need, and it doesn't necessarily involve money. There were so many examples, you know, of uh, creative ways that women bartered in order to get what they needed when they were launching. Lisa Druxman, who launched Stroller Strides, you know, traded fitness workouts. She was a fitness manager of a health club, and she traded fitness workouts for legal advice when she was launching. Um, another entrepreneur who started a very successful um, pastry and candy business that's really taken off in Chicago, when she was launching, she really needed professional photos for her website so it would really look polished. Um, and what she did was she went to a professional photographer and she bartered gift baskets for his clients with her products in return for, um, you know, upscale photographs uh, that were very professional and gave her website a really polished look. Um, another example is uh, one woman when she was kind of starting her in, she'd gone through a divorce and bought a house and was renovating it. You know, she turned to her mom and dad and her, you know, her mom became her housekeeper and her dad became her, you know, lawn maintenance guy while she was launching. You know, there are endless ways that you can come up with save um, money and launch cost effectively. And I think one of the interesting things about launching is that the, just the very act of launching, of committing, of putting yourself out there, of saying, you know, I'm going to go for this dream that I have, it just seems to unleash tremendous creativity and ingenuity. And over and over again in the book, you know, we heard wonderful stories about, you know, creative ways that people got what they needed. 
Lisa Druxman, you know, the fitness expert, became a master at getting free publicity. She got, she was just incredibly creative about, you know, coming up with angles that got the local press interested in what she was doing. She had stroller strides and she had like a, she had a fitness um, for Father's Day. She did a, you know, a dad's, you know, stroller strides event. And she had all the dads there with the strollers and with the babies. And, of course, it was a great photo op. And she, you know, she got local publicity and she never paid a dime. She said, you know, when I was launching $400 for an ad, she said, was like a million dollars to me. I didn't have it. So I had to come up with creative ways of letting people know what I was doing. And she just was very resourceful. And she would call these producers. She didn't know people. She would call. She would tell them what she was doing. She would come up with ideas. Um, Another one she came up with was when um, Brooke Shields came out with her book about, I think, postpartum depression. She Mm -hmm. thought that could be a very issue for a big issue for a lot of people she was working with. So she hooked up with a nonprofit organization and did some fundraising and events around increasing awareness about that issue. But because she hooked it with a, a she hooked up her activities with, you know, Brooke Shields, who was a celebrity getting a lot of exposure, she got a lot of exposure in yes. turn for what she was doing. Um, so there are just so many ways um, that you can kind of substitute brains for bucks. And it's just a hugely important kind of way, again, a mindset shift that is really key to succeeding. And I think, again, women are terrific at that. They have so much, you know, ingenuity. And, you know, we've all juggled things and, you know, kind of, you know, gone off and done creative things. And we're not tied to one idea or one identity and it's just really important to unleash your creativity in the cash flow area. Mm-hmm. And and yet you'll hear so many women say, oh, I'm just not creative that way, or mm-hmm. oh, I just don't think that way. Uh, what's the answer for them? Yeah, well, you know, I, I, I think the answer for that is, you know, um, don't limit yourself. I mean, one of the uh-huh. things about, you know, entrepreneurship that so many people, again, talk about, you know, is just how liberating it is and how, you know, we have these images of ourselves and, oh, I'm not a marketer, you know, I did, you know, financial management, whatever your job was, you know, oh, you know, I don't know how to sell or, oh, I can never talk to a newspaper person. You know, no, of course you can. You know, you just need to get out there. So I think one of the big issues that people talk about, one of the upsides, again, of launching is just the liberating, you know, aspect of it all because you just find that there are so many ways that we limit ourselves and talk to ourselves about what we can or cannot do. And you know what? If we want it enough, you know, as someone said, if there's a big enough why, you'll always find a way. And I totally believe that that's Mm -hmm. true. Oh, so do I. And and to really remember, I mean, one of the things that I love about being a solopreneur is mm-hmm. I feel like there are no rules as yeah. long as I feel good exactly. about what I'm doing. Exactly. <laughs> you know, when Liz Lang launched again, you know, she, you know, she was launching out of like a tiny little hole in the wall in Manhattan, making these, you know, kind of uh, sexy maternity outfits, you know, and, uh, you know, people were still in moo-moos or whatever, you know, kind of the maternity. And she sort of really single-handedly revolutionized that area. But she said, I just knew, 
She said, I didn't really have any media contacts, but she said, you know, I just knew if I could get a couple of celebrities to somehow, you know, wear my outfits that people, you know, there would be a buzz and, you know, that would be the way, the way to get myself going. So she said, I didn't know anything about PR. I didn't have a PR person. I was everything. I was mailing the FedEx boxes, you know. She said, but she started just sending outfits to the assistance of a few people. And eventually she hit Cindy Crawford, who happened to be pregnant and happened to be doing a style segment on CBS. And Cindy wore one of her outfits and started wearing her outfits. And at the end of her segment... She would always say, and, you know, my beautiful maternity outfit is, you know, was given to me compliments of a, a fabulous new young designer, Liz Lang. And, you know, and that's how she launched, you know. And, you know, she didn't know anything about PR, but she just had this idea, and she just went with her gut again. You know, if I can get it into hands, and that's what took, you know, her business took off after that. And little did she know, I'm sure, that she could have started a whole nother business because now celebrity gifting is all the rage. Oh, I know. And she said, you know, the whole baby bump, she said, when I was starting, she said that wasn't an issue. Now it's huge. But she had that, you know, she just had the idea that if I could just get, you know, some major exposure. And, you know, she did it all on her own. She didn't have a PR firm. And she really believes very strongly that when you're launching, you should do your own PR. And a lot of people said that, you know, that you can do it. You know, you may not think you can, but you can. And you should because it's yeah. only you, you know, know your product the best. And PR can be very expensive. And it's not necessarily, or and advertising are not necessarily good routes for a small business that's just launching. So, right. I, it, it can be very expensive, but I mean, really, if you can write and you can mm-hmm. talk about your product exactly. with all of these resources we have online for press releases. Absolutely. Just, you know, there's absolutely. just no reason. Yeah. yeah. You know, you can become your own PR person and be very successful at it in launching. Yeah. So, and yeah. I, I love that you pointed out, you know, this is just a topic I talk about a lot. I love that you pointed out tying yourself in with the latest trends and whatever yeah. is in the news today. And yeah. that's a simple formula for right. any press release. Exactly. And it works so well. You know, the perfect example is the Brooke Shields book and, you know, what Lisa yeah. Druxman did. Um, mm-hmm. She provided a service, but she sort of piggybacked, you know, or was on the coattails of, you know, um, Someone who is going to get a lot of exposure and attract yeah, attention. To and the we're issue. going into break again, Karen. We'll be back in just a minute with Karen Abarbanel. Unlocking the secrets in you to create a happier, more balanced life. Through abundant thinking and attraction power. It's the Million Dollar Mindset with Marlon Tabaka. And we'll be right back after these. Hey, you living the dream like Nina and Cindy? Sweet dreams are made of these. 
Were you shocked by the Chuck E. Cheese calamities, diaper dilemmas, and major mom minivan mishaps? Then get ready to share it with Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer, Thursday mornings at 10, 9 a.m. Central on Toginet. And as Nina and Cindy say, if you're thinking it, we're saying it. It's your chance to discuss, share, and learn from two moms who have been there, done that, and yes, they have the t-shirts. And they're for sale at ltdchix.com. Living the Dream Moms is all about all things moms have to deal with daily. Nina and Cindy are two ordinary frazzled moms who admit when they need help and do their best to research and discuss topics that are not always talked about. Living the Dream Moms are just two real women who are discussing the trials and tribulations and triumphs of everyday mom lives. You are not alone. It's Living the Dream Moms with Nina Fry and Cindy Schmitzer. Thursday mornings at 10 Eastern, 9 a.m. Central on toginet.com. Get ready for the Not-So-Soccer Mom Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on Toginet with Jill Hickey. You name it, from politics to pop culture to Jill's search for the perfect bronzer and chicken salad. The Not-So-Soccer Mom will weigh in on it all. The sentence, I have no opinion about that, is one that Jill has never uttered. In the early 90s, Jill finally decided to put her thoughts, opinions, mom advice, love of pop culture, hummus, and Starbucks, working out, cosmetic shopping, and politics into an actual website and thus NotSoSoccerMom.com. Com was born. Shortly after her fourth child, a boy, Jerome, now she's really got tons of topics to share with you. This is Laugh Out Loud Funny, and we're not kidding. What's a loud Nebraska girl who lived in Little Rock for many years and now is up in the Northeast doing, chronicling her opinions on everything? The wheels aren't off yet, but it's close. It's the Not-So-Soccer Mom with Jill Hickey. Tuesday afternoons at 1 Eastern, noon Central on toginet.com. Welcome back to the Million Dollar Mindset. If you're ready for a big change in your work, your career, your happiness, your life, it all starts with attitude, and Marla is here to help. It's the Million Dollar Mindset, part of the Her Inside Network on Toginet.com. And now, back to your host, Marla Tabaka. Well, we're here with author Karen Barbanel, and, geez, I mean, we've covered marketing, we've covered finances, we've covered mindset, such good stuff. Karen, this is our last segment. We have about 10 minutes. Are there systems or processes in your book that you'd like to share with us in this last segment? You know, I'd like to talk a little bit about, you know, just the um, the four stages of launching because I think that is important. And then I would like to spend a little more time on marketing because I do feel that that's yeah. a huge issue. And we, we touched on it, but I think there are some important things we could say that really might be helpful. So let me start Take by talking. Away. Yeah, <laughs> let me start start talking about the four stages. Um, what we came up with was the way we came up with the four stages was really out of you know talking with uh, entrepreneurs and kind of their getting their frontline kind of feedback. And basically, we we learned that um, in the first twenty two months of launching, you could roughly map out the you know kind of the phases that you'll go through of a launch. And I think this is a very helpful thing to do, and it's really, I think this is the only book that does it, that takes you step-by-step through the launch process. Um, And it's really uh, just kind of important to realize that there are stages. And so I'm just going to mention them briefly. Of course, there's lots of information in the book about them all. But the first one is um, basically we call it, you know, kind of um, the startup, you know, start your startup. 
And that's kind of the first, we talk about the first 100 days of launching and how really important it is kind of to hit the ground running, to have certain kind of systems in place, to um, kind of really have some kind of, you know, marketing strategy perhaps in place, and just to really make those first 100 days count. That's really important. Um, Stage two we called running your own show. And um, that stage really is about kind of making, really making the transition again from um, um, employee to entrepreneur, kind of really shifting your mindset because you really have to start thinking differently about what you're doing if you're going to make your business succeed. So that's very important, that shift in mindset. So you're running your own show suddenly after being an employee. Um, for most people, that's the reality. Uh, then the third stage is, I love, this is like my favorite stage. It's called turning breakdowns into breakthroughs. I love this. (laughs) Yes, I just love this stage because inevitably it's so interesting, and I have seen this again and again in creative work that I do. There's inevitably what I call a fall-apart stage. You know, everything's sort of perking along. You kind of think you have everything under control, and then something catastrophic, like something big happens out of left field. And it really is a kind of testing time for you. It's a time, uh, sort of like the universe is saying, well, are you really serious about this? Because let me, like, have your, you know, your biggest client fall through. And what do you do? And Or let me, in the case of Ronnie Fliss with the dog biscuits, there turned out to be some problem with the formula of the biscuits, and they were getting moldy on the shelves of these stores. And so that was a huge issue for her. Um, so she had to address it quickly. Um, so there were example after example of you seem to get to this point, and it is kind of a stage where you just need to be very resilient, and you really need to push forward instead of pulling back. And we have tons of you know advice and strategies on how you get through that stage. But it's sort of like this testing time that comes at a certain point. And then the last stage, stage four, is what we called kind of find your business rhythm. Because what we found that was so interesting was that once you've sort of, you know, survived the fall apart stage and your business kind of comes together again, um, what you find is that often, uh, you know, your business isn't quite what you thought it was going to be, or your audience isn't quite what you thought it was going to be. Um, One of the women, um, one example, um, was a woman who started an inn out in Ohio, renovated a beautiful old house, turned it into an inn, and she said, you know, I thought, you know, my... um, you know, people who are going to come, the audience I was going to try to reach were going to be like retirees who'd be traveling and they'd be passing through. And it turned out that, you know, her biggest market for her business was right in her own backyard. She was in a university town and the university ended up using her in to have visiting professors, you know, kind of stay and people who were guests and were performing at the college, you know. And she said, you know, it just, I just, realized that, you know, the market I thought I was going to be reaching was not the market. And it's very interesting. Your business kind of evolves, and it seems to take a different direction often. And you have to really be open to that and be able to kind of go with it. 
So those are the four stages that we map, and it's just, again, very helpful to know, you know, that, gee, you know, you've reached the fall-apart stage, and it's natural. It's part of the process. You need to just, you know, kind of step back, take a deep breath, and then you need to strategize, and here are some ideas for how you can get through it that other women have used. So those are the four stages, and I think it's really helpful just to have a sense of that. Um, And then uh, let's just talk a little bit about marketing as we wrap up because, as I said, I really believe in in birthing the elephant. We talk a lot about marketing in a variety of ways because I do believe it is kind of a a weakness of small businesses. Um, And I will just quote one person in the book said something that was wonderful. She said, you know, whatever business you think you're in, you're not really in that business. You're really in the business of marketing your business. And I think that is a very true comment, and anyone who's been in business for a while will tell you that it's true. You know, you get into, you know, whatever it is that you're launching your service or your product, and you think, well, I'm just going to spend all my time doing that because I love it and I think it's great. And, you know, the reality is that, you know, if people don't know what you're doing and can't find you, you could have the best product or service, but, you know, your business is going to fail. So marketing is just a huge issue. And I think, um, you know, after talking to a lot of entrepreneurs and birthing the elephant, I, I believe that what we really need to do is reframe the, the way we think about marketing. And I think the most fruitful way to think about marketing is that marketing isn't selling, which is kind of what a lot of people think it is, and they don't like that. They don't want to be salespeople. Marketing is really sharing. It's really sharing what you have to offer and letting people know that it exists so they can make a choice about it. And I think if you think about it that way, um, it becomes a lot easier to kind of accept the idea that you can market. You know, you can be successful getting the word out about your product or service. And so what are some of the best ways and resources to Mm -hmm. share well, I mean, I think the you know the internet is huge. Um, as you said, there are you know there are PR sites that you can go on that you can mm-hmm. get you know very cost effectively. You can get a public you know a press release out. Of course, you always you know a press release. As you said, you always want to tie it to something, some new trend or some newsworthy event that's happening, you know, something that's going to be newsworthy that someone might want to cover if you're going to, you know, get the um, the press release into the hands of people. You can start start local, you know. That's what Lisa Druxman did. She said, I just started calling up local radio stations and television stations. And before my business was really even launched, I started telling them what I was doing, that I was a mom, that this grew out of my own activity, that, you know, I was hoping to create a business that would support other moms who would want to, you know, have flexibility. She had a great story to tell. It was very visual, of course, because she had the babies and the strollers and the moms. You know, so you want to take advantage of those things. And she got priceless, you know, publicity. Um, you've got to be willing to do just about anything. Uh, 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 let's see, the person who started um, Sarah's Pastries um, and Candies out in Chicago, she said, you know, I got up at 6 a.m. and I bought a pizza to some guy who had a radio show because he said, if you bring me a free pizza at 6 a.m., I'll give a plug <laughs> to your business. 
she said, boy, you know, I brought him too. And I got, and she said it was great, you know. She worked, you know, for 18 months in her mom's home so she could, you know, keep her overhead down. You know, that was another sort of creativity for cash, you know. She just decided that's what she needed to do. But, um, you know, there are just tons of ways to get, you know. And, again, the Internet has been a huge boon to small businesses, as we know. Wonderful shows like this are great ways to talk about what you're doing. Writing articles, you know, easing articles that you would submit to different sites. Um, that's another great way to get information out. Um, you know, uh, hooking up with someone, if you're not a marketing, if it's something you don't feel comfortable with, you could hook up with someone who has marketing mm-hmm. expertise and exchange some kind of service with them in return for their help. Or another approach that um, Ronnie Fliss used was she went to a local community college and she um, hooked up with the marketing professor at the college and she persuaded him to have his students take her business oh, I love as yeah. a marketing project. Yes, she I did said, that when I owned my coffee house. Yeah, there you go. She said <laughs> she, it was free. She said she got yep. thousands. They loved it. They loved it having is. a real business. They were so creative. They came up with tons of ideas about other channels and how she could really boost her Internet sales. Yep. And she said it would have cost me thousands of dollars to get that help. So there are so many ways to get, you know, um, it's really limited only by your imagination. And I think if we can think differently again, think about marketing as sharing instead of selling, I think that really um, creates a kind of a a more productive mindset for a lot of people. But Mm -hmm. it's just a huge issue, and anyone who launches needs to know that in some yeah. form or another, they need to master marketing. And you can be your authentic self and yeah. market your company. Karen, your book just sounds like a wealth of information, so many fabulous things. We're going to say goodbye, and I want you to tell us where we can find you in your book and all that good stuff. Great. Well, if you go to, actually, we have a website. If you go to www.birthingtheelephant.com, You'll find information about the book and about myself and my co-author, Bruce, and you can order it right on the Amazon. There's an Amazon button right on the website. And um, I just, you know, hope that some of this information has been helpful. Oh, and my there, goodness. There are just um, tons of resources out there um, you know, know. that you'll find. You have just been fabulous, Karen. I love this show today. Just, as I said, a wealth of information birthingtheelephant.com. Thank you so much, Karen Abarbanel. Thank you. Hmm. Thank you for being a part of the Million Dollar Mindset with Marla Tabaka on the Her Insight Network on Toginet. If you've always known there was more out there for you, but you just